You are listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White and today's episode is about being authentic and being yourself in marketing with Natasha Berta. Hi Natasha, so great to see you and thanks for being here on the podcast today. Hello, it's lovely to be here. We're so smiley. If you're listening in the podcast, you're not going to see our gigantic smiles of happiness to see each other. (laughs) but if you're watching the youtube version of this clip then you might yeah it's lovely to be here now i just love chatting to you and i think a lot of people listening to this would have heard our last session but can you just introduce yourself just in case there's a new listener that doesn't know how awesome you are oh so i'm natasha berta and i have a little tiny marketing agency called Connected Marketing, which I've just branched into having a team in the last couple of years. And it finally just felt weird to not just be called Natasha Bird anymore because I was saying I was doing things, but actually Jess was helping. So that's exciting. And um, I would say the things that I mostly focus on are online presence. And so by that, I mean, well, maybe your website or your social media or however it is that you connect with your audience and also um, growing your audience. And I love doing that with Facebook ads. And also that, so Jess helps with things that people don't want to do, like um, turning their blog into 50 million social media posts and spreading them all around the universe. And what else do I mean? I love email marketing. I love all the tech of marketing, I would say. Mm. that's the bit we all hate (laughs) that's why I get you guys and your team to do my stuff yeah because I hate all that stuff a lot of people do not like it and no wonder because it's like minutiae and you just want to get on and do your work like your zone of genius stuff right and I I guess anyone listening to this podcast is going to be like me and think oh I've got to do another ad or I've got to create posts and what a drag so I'll make sure I'll put you, I will make sure to put your details in the um, thingo, you know what I mean, <laughs> the, the, show, the show notes, I know, that's what they the, call. the blog for this, for this episode. And so we are going to get a bit ranty today, right? <laughs> Probably. We're going to talk about that old imposter syndrome, that old that old judging yourself, comparing yourself to other people Mm. and say, well, why do you think you have to be like everybody else Mm. out there? Mm. What's your first thought when when you hear that? If you don't have a strategy, you're going to be like a little boat in a big sea just getting tossed around, you know, like the times that I get that, um, I imposter syndrome like what should I should I do this or should I do that is when I don't have a proper plan and then I'm very vulnerable to you know expert marketing of people trying to sell me things and or I have you know I'm I'm taking advice from multiple people and just getting really confused Mm. and I would say it's so important It, it doesn't mean you have to do what I say or you have to do what Mel says or you have to do what any big name person says it's just that you should choose one and just give it a red hot go for probably at least three months maybe 12 and then when I have a strategy I feel so impenetrable like I see people's marketing and I'm like it's like I've got an Iron Man suit or something like I just it just washes off me and I don't feel any compulsion to leap at like I might look at what they're saying out of interest but it's so easy for me to resist because I'm like oh this year say for instance my plan is to 
create a bunch of small courses and try to leverage my business through selling courses on a one-to-many. So I'm trying a different kind of leverage because team was one kind of leverage, fancy expensive product was another kind of leverage. Like I've tried a few different things and this is my year of making little courses and selling them one-to-many. So because I know that that's my strategic move for this year, there have been a couple of funny things. Like I saw the big shiny tender for the $5,000 website or $15,000 website pitched to someone. And I sat with it for a few days and I just thought, actually, no, like I'm doing this course thing. If I start bridging out into left, right, nanny now, which has happened to me every year for the last five years, is I've, you know, gotten distracted. And then my my strategic plan hasn't gone as well because I diluted my attention. So I feel really excited that this year I've got a fantastic strategy that I'm in love with, I'm fully committed to. And yeah, I'm undilutable. Funnily enough, that's my strategy for this year too. <laughs> I recommend it. No, I think it depends on what stage of business you're at. So I yeah. think it's helpful to build up one-on-one clients first and Absolutely. get with one-on-one. And then once you're fully booked, it's an obvious next step. Okay, now it's to say, yeah. how will I scale and grow? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think the other thing too is that it's easy to get wrapped wrapped up in somebody else's success but you also have to look at your own strengths like I see so many people go I need to have uh, a a Facebook group and I need to be in there every day and I need Mm. to learn how to do that but if you hate Facebook you're going to hate showing up for work every day and it's like why do you have to be like everyone else why can't you just do it your way like for me I've figured out what I like to do Mm. is podcast and turn that into a blog and have your team put it out there on social media as snippets on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram. Mm. So that's what I do. And I lead people to an information session or a free call. I don't, I don't, I've stopped doing my email newsletter list, which some people might say, Oh, that's terrible, but I'm doing it my way and I'm yeah. going to roll with it for the next 12 months and see what happens. That's the thing. And I just posted about this last week on social media as well, especially for people who either have another job and their coaching or consulting little baby business is sort of a side thing. Or if you're a mother and any kind of business is your side thing, you can't follow certain people on social media because they don't have kids or they don't have a side hustle. They have yeah. 40 to 60 hours a week to dedicate to their business baby. And you simply cannot achieve what they can achieve in half the time with this psycho-emotional pressure of this other thing. Like for parenting, it's very intense having other people in your life. And if you have another business, then you've got, or, you know, or a job, you've got all those people taking, you know, that's your energy as well. So it's just noticing what's your energy resource of time or money and making smart choices with that. And just turning some people off. Like you just have to choose not to follow certain people. Yeah. Now, when like, I see certain people, I just scroll past. I'm like, I like you. I love you. I dig what you're doing, but you cannot serve me right now. It's just going to mess me up if I try and take your advice. So that's a really important point that you've kind of touched on a couple of times now is that you're clear on what you're doing and you've got to keep that front of mind and Mm -hmm. let that guide your decisions as in, no, I'm going out of my lane if I follow that person. No, I've got to switch that off. Mm -hmm. No, I've got to stay focused on what I can do. Mm -hmm. 
And I think a key piece that backs that is the business vision, which I know you're so good at covering. Like mm. I'm really clear about what kind of business I want, what kind of days I want, how sustainable I want my business life to be. Yeah. Um, and like two years ago when I would do business vision, it would be really vague and I just didn't get it. But I guess after long enough in business, you have enough days where you're cracking your own whip, you're not eating, you're not exercising, you're burning yourself out, mm. that you come to a point where you're like, oh, that's my vision for my business is actually <laughs> to feel good, to eat well, to nourish myself and for it to be sustainable and something that I actually want to even do next year. That's such a good point. And, and you know, you wonder why do people fall in the hole? Mm. And I think when you create a vision at first and you're not familiar with the, meeting your own needs, even like health and wellness coaches who know this stuff still <laughs> do it, right? Yeah. But they're comparing themselves with people who've got a 10-year established track record in business and they go, oh, I'll never be that person. And it's like any other part of health and wellness. It's like somebody who wishes they could lose 30 kilo and they're kilos and they're comparing themselves with a size eight person or mm. somebody that says oh I wish I was fit as that marathon runner mm. they're just looking at the end result after hours and hours and hours of um, persistence and hard work mm. and I think that's that important part of the vision is to say maybe I aspire to that but what do I want to achieve now mm. And what do I need to do to get there? What are my strengths? Like you can definitely learn by the way somebody else does something, but you don't have to follow their exact process to the letter. It's and, like in yeah. health and wellness coaching, we say, oh, there's no cookie cutter approach. And mm. yet when it comes to marketing and business, everyone wants to follow a cookie cutter <laughs> approach. It's so funny. Yeah. Well, and that makes me think of that, like weight loss as a metaphor. It's like, well, everybody has a different constitution. Like mm. I'm only five, six, but I weigh 85 kilos. I'm not that fat, honestly. The BMI just <laughs> is a nightmare for me. But even if I lost 30 kilos, I would still just look like, I would, I would still just look a lot like this, you know, like maybe my tummy and my bum would be slimmer. My face would be a tiny bit slimmer and I'm just never going to be a size eight. So business-wise, if I look at someone who's really great at networking, who's really extroverted, who has loads of time and just loves going and hanging out, who's got all the fancy frocks, who's just that kind of front person, like constitutionally, I'm not like that. Like I'm really mm. sensitive. I'm probably a little bit introverted and I don't even know it. I need lots of downtime and my my um, digestive stuff gets in the way of me like, you know, being a super because I've got some gut healing stuff to do or, you know, I've got mm. food sensitivities or whatever. So in the same way, like, yeah, I don't know. I guess if you look at someone who's doing well and you want to align your vision with that, I guess it's worth doing that kind of Abraham Hicks thing, whether you're into that or not, of like, you know, they say we're just out and about and we're just kind of collecting information. Yeah. But if you look at someone who's famous and rich and has a great business and you sort of want to collect them into your life, like, and you're going to sort of register that, like that's part of my future vision, it's worth being super specific mm. and just noting like, oh, which bits are really actually achievable. Like if I yeah. do have a 40-hour-a-week, $10,000 a week business, does that can that actually fit inside my life container with me the way I am? Like that person's possibly constitutionally quite different to me. Mm. So 
yes, notice what they're doing and pick, like cherry pick the bits of their life that you really Yes, mm. yes, yeah. absolutely. And it's so funny, I recently went to Great Grace Lever's doing oh, yeah. weekend because yeah. someone said to me, you could totally do what Grace Lever does. And I thought, oh, well, I'll see what she does. And it's this huge production, this huge mm. event with a team and three or 400 people online and a lot of selling. And I went, yeah, I can see the appeal of the business and how it works and what she's able to achieve. But I'm not that person. Mm. And I don't want to do that. And I think a lot of people get stuck in that shooting stuff. I should be like this and I should do it like that. And I wish I was like that person. But you also have to be honest with yourself and go, I'm not that person. Yeah, I mean, and I can't do that. Like, I actually don't want that. I reckon you're actually smarter than her, at least. And (laughs) like, at least as good as hers. And and so maybe that's what the person's seeing. They're like seeing some kind of echo of that your advice is as good or better than hers. But that doesn't mean that you have to be her. Like, you're you're all like like the whole name of the podcast is we really just are us. And one thing yeah. I learned when I was doing, I did the Wuthering Heights Kate Bush dancing a few years ago. Oh, wow. So fun. So you've got like 20 or 30 women in a room together all doing the Wuthering Heights choreo and mm. she split the group and she said, okay, so half the group will perform and the other half can watch and then we'll swap. So I was in the first group to perform and I was the whole time just thinking, like, because you can see yourself in the mirror. So I'm like, I'm so jumpy. I'm so lumpy. Like, oh, like the way I move is not like Micah, like the dance person. It's like, oh, I don't know if mine's really that good. And just all the self-talk of performing and just hated it and sat down and watched the other people. And then I noticed that each woman has her whole own beautiful way that they dance. And mm. it's not like Micah, but each woman, like, I just cried. I just cried (laughs) watching them. And I cried because I realised that the way I take in information and the way I embody in this life and then the way I express in this life is as moving as each of those women. And Mm -hmm. we all contain that. Like we are all a very unique filter that ingests information and then creates it and expresses it out in such a moving and beautiful and wonderful way and we don't have to be or it's just actually not possible or desirable to try and fit in someone else's frame it's just gross that's true and and as you're just describing that I I was thinking about the people that you naturally attract and I honestly believe and what I teach in my passion to profit program is start there like who are you attracting Who are the people that are naturally drawn to you and resonate with you? They're Mm. the ones with a similar personality or the complementary personality, the shared Mm. values. They're the people that are going to buy your stuff. If you're trying to be somebody else, you're not going to attract those natural connections. You know, you need to be yourself and be authentic. That's the best marketing is authenticity is my my catchphrase. And... And you're going to get those right people because, you know, uh, what Brooke Castillo says, you can be the juiciest peach in the bowl, but some people like bananas. Exactly. So stop trying to pretend to be a banana and be a juicy peach. Yeah. 100%. But that, that makes me think, you know, I've seen some people lately and I know what they're like in real life and then I see their videos on social media. And I'm like, why is she acting like that? Mm. And I think 
like I have a couple of a friend and a client who do that I'm like why is she talking like that she never talks like that in real life and it just confuses the crap out of me and I think yeah what what are you going to attract if you show up like that like that's the not you that's not the you that I know but mm. then I know that there are these hurdles particularly with marketing like oh you need to do video yeah you need to do video but you know maybe there's other ways like if you're a great writer maybe there is another way you can get around it mm. because if you're not able to embody on video just as your natural self I don't know how that's supposed to work. And I know my first video was in a Facebook group and I could not stand it. I literally wanted to delete it straight away. And the woman wow. was like, no, 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 don't delete it. Because I had, I was mumming, I was thick in the mumming and I had piles of washing behind me ah. and I could not stand to listen to my own voice. I could not stand my own physical appearance. Like it was just hmm. visceral and I got through that and then I posted my first public video and a troll, um, some oh. guy trolled me and he said, you're the reason I left the city. You're like a parasite on the face <gasps> society. Oh, no. Like, okay, I've heard about this because I was in a supportive business group and I'd heard that if you start getting trolled on your videos, it's a good sign. It means you're showing up, mm. you know, don't take it to heart. So gratefully, I mean, it still hurt, but... Gratefully, I was able to kind of divest from that energetically and just kind of set that free. Yeah. So there's there were definitely hurdles, but now I've just done so many videos. Like sometimes it's I don't even care how it sounds. Sometimes I watch my own videos back and I listen to myself and I'm like, that's pretty good. Like now I'm in a place where I'm really okay with it. Yeah. Plus, I have a video on YouTube that has fifty thousand views. That is me with wet hair, hunched over with all my jowls, with <laughs> with like blue tack photos in the background and it's had 50,000 views so I'm like okay you it really is about the value that you give mm. and that video is how to put faces in circles in Canva if you google that then my yeah. video will come up and it just literally gives people the information that they need in that moment so you know, people could check out our um, how to blog to grow your business course yes. and think about their SEO and think about what are the things that people are typing in because mm. that can be a great way to um, just organically get some people to find you. If you know what they're asking for, you can create content to slot that in. But I don't know where I was going with that. It was a bit of a little segue, little appendix. And coming back to the intestine <laughs> of the conversation, yeah. <laughs> um, you were talking about video and I did want to add to that, that audio is just as good. Like there are so many people that listen to podcasts on the way to work and stuff and while they're walking. And mm. if you have an awesome voice and you love talking, why not do that instead? I mean, we both know somebody that hates being on video, but loves doing podcasts. Or, or not actually it's not me because I'm on video and I love video but we know somebody you and I that yeah. she doesn't actually do podcasts but she does um, oh. audio marketing yeah, that's snippets. Out great that's right and that is the key piece really is if, with content if you've got one piece of content you'd be amazed what we can tease out of that even if it's mm. a three minute audio we can get tons of social media posts out of that there's this great app called headliner that will turn audios into little videos so you can actually turn audios into videos i mean it's not you it's just a static photo with an audiogram over the top like mm. a wavegram um and that makes it a video and it still gets i mean they get great reach the robot loves them because it thinks they're a video it thinks it's a video so yeah you don't have to get on video but you do need to find a way to 
to sh um, share your juju, like all the good things you have yeah. to offer, just to find a way to share that consistently. I mean, consistency is huge. Just showing up on the regular really moves the needle. Mm. And also, I think getting on the getting it on the stage a little bit too for people that are bold. You know, you can submit an article to Mamma Mia online mm. if you are a good writer and you get a bigger audience there. Or um, like Sarah Rusbatch has done some ABC and other radio interviews. A lot of people listen to the radio mm. and uh, I've done radio before as well. It's, I had a weekly wellness session uh, on our local radio station here in the country and cool. people would come up to me in the street and go oh you're that person on that wellness segment aren't you and so you know you get in everybody's ears in their brains people yeah. are, even though video is really um, popular people are busy like I can't sit still and watch a video yeah I, I, I find moving. video very difficult as a mother and I would say like I'm just reading um how to break up with your phone and there are people oh. now who they don't want to be on social media I mean I never really wanted to in the first place it was no. more for work um, I'm happy to do it for work but in terms of how I receive information I might read your blog you know I might be more inclined to read your email than to find you on social media now so it's worth knowing like yeah, you don't have to do the social media thing. Leonie Dawson, who's massive, recently just quit social media. And I mean, she's already very established. So I feel like she's in a different position. Yeah. But you, you could definitely make it work. Like there's definitely, I am with you. It doesn't have to be cookie cutter. There don't need to be any have tos. It's a big fat experiment. That's what nobody wants mm. to hear is I'm, you're not going to hear me sit here and tell you this is the industry standard. This is what you should do because they don't exist. You need to try something, but give it a good chunk of time and then reevaluate and go again. That's what mm. I do. That's what you do. I built my whole coaching business face-to-face -face without anybody looking at my website or social media. Exactly. I, it was all talking to people. Yes. So easy. And it's the quickest way to connect because you, you've got all the, the benefit of the visual cues and the body language. And mm. if you're afraid to get on video, get out there in person and talk to people. And, and I guess the, you know, the common theme we're coming to here is you have to kind of know who you are and what you stand for mm. and build up a level of confidence to put yourself out there whether it be online or in a blog or face to face like I've met people who say oh, I'm so terrified about posting my first blog and what happens when people read it and as we know you're on page seven million of google and no one's going to see it anyway until you share it but there's this tangible oh, I can relate here. I can totally relate and I've started writing a bit more now and I'm coming around to writing and I think there's loads of options. There's loads of options. And, um, you know, if you need a safe space, what can be nice is to share a blog or your first piece of content with just a few trusted colleagues or friends. Mm. Like, maybe don't send it to the wide world if you are feeling really tense. And I think that's the thing. Yeah. Just break down those barriers with little achievable steps. And then mm -hmm. eventually your body realises, oh, I'm not going to die. Like I'm not in the savannah. I'm yeah. not actually going to die. And once you've done it a few times, then you just kind of ease up about it and you know that you're safe and you know that it's an okay thing to do. Mm. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's also that evolving journey, like what works now, mm. you might get sick of it. Like I did a lot of email list stuff, newsletters, and then I went, 
actually, this is hard work for me. I don't want to do this. Mm. It's I mean, definitely a learning experience, the whole thing. Think about what you were like when you were a kid. I don't know about you, but I was incredibly shy and I didn't want to speak to anybody or be seen by anybody. And I've had to do a lot of work to overcome that. But I went to Melbourne last week and did a pitch in front of a room full of people and I loved it. It was <laughs> so good. I just thrived on the opportunity to do it. Mm. And I thought, wow. I remember if, I, if my 10-year-old self had looked forward and said, what are you going to be doing in the future? I never would have guessed that. Yeah. And the other thing that, that came to mind for me is, like, if you're 30, you have enough life experience to help anybody who's in their early 20s. Yes. Mid-20s, you've got enough experience to help anyone who's in their late teens. Like, wherever you are, you have already got enough experience. And, mm. like, even before I had a commerce degree, I had enough life experience. If, if I'd known, I could have totally just become, like, a personal transformation coach or something. Like, yeah. we all are sitting on a ton of knowledge and and care and love and ability to support other people and that's really valuable and that's what makes you your you unique is your life experience and your interpretation of that and mm. how you process things and how you overcome challenges mm. that's what people buy is at in the at the end of the day right is they believe you to be credible because you have these skills and strengths and experience mm -hmm. And I think also there is like an energetic resonance there. Like you call it the, um, what do you call it? The high chemistry clients. There are people that just need to work with you and you could almost like be teaching them to make bread or you could be teaching them to change a tie. Like it kind of doesn't matter because you guys just need to hang out. Mm. There's some kind of catalyst for change in your relationship and quite possibly for both of you. So yeah, there's lots of levels of, you know, the way we need to hang out with each other. That's often, I think, where the niche starts. A lot of people think about or teach that you should start with a niche and then drill down. And I think it's totally reasonable to start, say, who's the person that you love being around? Hmm. And then go and see what are all those people have in common that you can help them with? Because ultimately, why would you want to work with people that drain you? Exactly. And Nobody wants have, that, right? You have half a dozen people in your personal connections that you yeah. could give a free session to who would write you a testimonial mm. who are already high chemistry people in your life that would love to help you and yeah so you've already got six potential clients just you know even if you're a pretty low-key person I think we've just solved the problems of the world <laughs> had to know that was going to happen <laughs> I've got to look at my children now it's easy to be kept in hindsight to look back and say these are the things that work. But I guess from our experience, we're saying to people at the beginning of that journey or who are trying new things, just do it your way. Give it a good crack. Give it enough time and uh, get help if you need it and especially get help from Natasha Berta at Connected Marketing. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I've got heaps of cool courses now on like all good things for newbies as well, like I'm just doing MailerLite and MailChimp at the moment and it has been really fun. Like, I'm excited. So I'll be polishing all of those up and rehashing some old, like, Instagram and it's just actually been really fun just talking about little nibbles of things. Mm, mm. Super fun. Bite-sized learning to empower your growth. 
Oh, I need you on my copy team. <laughs> Thanks so much Thanks, for Sally. making the time today. It's lovely to catch up. Thank you. See you, darling. Mwah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Mm -hmm. Okay. Bye. See ya.